point start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And Father and I are trying something a little bit new today. We're recording uh, our phone conversation. Um, we're wiretapping each other with permission. Um, with <laughs> in order to see if maybe the quality is a little bit different. Sometimes the, uh, the, uh, the video conferencing that we've been using um, has, has, has some fits and starts. So we're going to see if this, uh, even though we have the static of a phone conversation, maybe it'll all in all be a little bit clearer. So we will, shall see. We welcome your feedback, of course. What a, Father, that's a, a great opportunity to segue into my, the rest of my normal opening, don't you think? Yes, the one that you usually forget. Yes, the one that I normally forget, where I tell you, dear listener, that you can email me with any uh, comments, questions, feedback, including the audio quality of this episode as opposed to episodes past, at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Merry Christmas, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Father. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. I don't think we've spoken since we've celebrated the solemnity of the Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, or whatever it's called, officially. <laughs> no, I don't think we have met since Christmas. <laughs> um, do you have a good Christmas Day? I had good Christmas days. I started Christmas Day with Midnight Mass uh, at midnight, and that was very nice. Was that in the parish, Father, or is that the Newman Center? That's the Newman Center. Really? Yeah, so I tried something a little different. It was good. Good. And then uh, some nice time with some different families and visits and things like that. And then, uh, yeah, it was good. Very good. Most importantly, Father, what was your favorite present? Um, <laughs> sitting out on a ledge in the Newman Center right now. And it is uh, a collection of photos from my uh, marathon that my brother and his Oh. Yeah. Nice. Cool. So we uh, Merry Christmas and also Happy New Year to you, Father, and to our listeners. Um, and I think last year, early on, one of the first episodes of 2012, we uh, we, we did an episode on um, New Year's resolutions, uh, and and um, and talked a little bit about them and about how to make the spiritual New Year's resolutions or or a spiritual process for making New Year's resolutions, perhaps. Um, And uh, we thought that we could do the same again this year. So, Father, just uh, sort of touching, uh, getting started with that, what's your general advice about making and perhaps more importantly following, and even at the front end again, discerning New Year's resolutions? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I am no uh, New Year's guru, uh, by any means. But I think, um, like a lot of decisions in life, the first one I'd ask is, uh, uh, you know, have you prayed about your New Year's resolution? Right. Even if it doesn't seem like a prayerful or God thing, um, he, he don't care. Uh, he'd love to be a part of a, any part of your life. Yep. Um, so whether it's from dieting to exercise to, um, you know, cleaning my office, um, please, someone make a New Year's resolution to clean my office. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, whatever it might be, you know, do you pray about it? Do you say, okay, God, is this what you want me to do? You know, just a simple little prayer like that, inviting him into the process. I think that'd be a first good tip for a New Year's resolution that would bear some real fruit. Yeah, and I think certainly um, if you're... Okay, let me ask you this question. Do, do you... Th- 
All right. Say I asked why. I'm asking you to help, but say, <laughs> should I make New Year's resolutions? Uh, need I? Is it optional? What, what, from a, especially from a spiritual perspective, is it recommended or whatever? It's not necessary. I mean, the, uh, New Year's resolution is not part of the Code of Canon Law or the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Oh, good. All right, woofed him. But um, I think it's a fine idea because there's a momentum, I think, a cultural momentum towards resolutions. Right. And, you know, there's something about that uh, period around uh, Advent and Christmas. There's a, it feels like something. Maybe it's just cultural here. I mean, maybe if we have any listeners who uh, are from a different culture than ours, you know, whether it be uh, another Western culture, uh, Hispanic or uh, European of some sort, or maybe even like an Eastern culture uh, or African culture. You know, but it feels like here at this end of the year and this whole idea of you're finishing the calendar year and just the way the conversation is culturally just feels right at this time. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So it's, it's as you said, it's certainly not necessary for Catholics to have New Year's resolutions, um, but but the drift, it makes sense. Do you think, would you, would you say spiritual resolutions, though, are... They're not necessary, and whether you you do them at January first or August twelfth, uh, are spiritual resolutions uh, in your experience, particularly as a spiritual director, um, are are they a good thing, or again, is that sort of take it or leave it? Well, I think it's a good thing because I think one of the things they often are is a sign of our spiritual awareness. If you're not spiritually aware of things going on in our life of God and His presence his desire to be close to us and to be speaking to us, if we're not aware of that, we're not going to make many resolutions. Anyway. Mm. Um, but if we are aware of him, if we're in conversation with God, there will be always be a call for change, just like in any relationship. You know, I'm um, right now I'm reading a book by the Catholic writer and speaker, um, Matthew Kelly. Father, I know that you were recently were at the Focus, National Focus Conference, I think, weren't you? Yes, okay. 2013. And was he there? Yes, he was the keynote speaker on Wednesday evening. Okay, and I, so I don't know if he spoke about this or not at all, but I'm reading his book, Four Signs of a Dynamic Catholic, and, and he makes the point, which is true, and other, I mean, it's certainly not unique to him, um, but just the the importance, and I certainly, I, every spiritual writer, I think, talking about particularly our the life of prayer, talks about the importance of habit, and not in the sense of something that becomes rote, but in the sense of a routine that you you incorporate, and this is very much part of our, our spiritual tradition, but just part of human nature, and we've talked about it else, uh, other times, I think probably in other contexts. Um, just the, the reality f- f- to, be, to, um, to make prayer effective in our lives, or, to, or to, be, to be consistent in our prayer life, it's how helpful it is, how necessary, frankly, it is to have a routine and to get established in a routine. And, and for me, you know, I don't know if I would say I resolved to do certain things when I set out um, to to improve my prayer life, but certainly there was a recognition that, that I wasn't consistent. And so making an attempt to be more regular required, maybe I didn't think of it this way, but it re- in a sense required me to make a resolution. Right. So I, I, I um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, because there's just a beauty to the idea of, and also it puts you under something. The whole idea of a resolution as well, but an order, a rhythm of life, um, uh, you know, it puts you under something in that sense of a, of a humility or a poverty to be dependent upon a schedule, to be dependent upon a rule or a resolution in that way. It's, it's great just for kind of that spirit of humility. Right. Yeah, that's that's right. You know, I, 
you're not, I'm going to do it when I, but, but yeah, absolutely. Even, even if it's a resolution that in a sense, I came up with my own, even though it may have been through prayer, but externally, so to speak, it's my own resolution. The fact that I'm obedient to it does certainly require humility, a recognition. And for and particularly for me, that sort of a spin on that, that sense of humility, in my case, a recognition that I need to do this because I can't, I, I, I can't be consistent and regular and faithful in my prayer life um, without um, obeying, so to speak, this resolution. Yeah. So, okay, so um, again, spiritual resolutions are a good thing. Uh, New Year's resolutions, sort of with, with the cultural drift, so to speak, um, or the, the, it, it's what's part of our culture, um, and discerning them. So that's how we started. You, you talked about the importance of, of asking God to, uh, to give you some guidance, um, inviting him into that process of, you know, Lord, what, what should my my um, spiritual resolution be. Any other, any other advice for setting New Year's resolutions? Well, it wouldn't be bad to consider a military uh, uh, idea that I learned uh, here at the university, and that is uh, SMART goals. Okay. That's when you're setting a goal or whatever might be a resolution to make it specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound. Mm. Yes. Once more, please. What? Once more. more. Yes. Specific, measurable, attainable, reasonable, and time-bound. Okay. So, like, in to borrow something from the parlance of uh, Mr. Matthew Kelly, he would often talk about being the very best version of yourself that you can be. <laughs> um, right. Right. Cracky. Yes or yes. And uh, uh, being the very best for yourself, which is great, but at the same time, it's not specific, measurable. I mean, okay, let's be the best. How? And he, now he goes on in his works and gives you specific measurables, if you will, specific ways and reasonable things that you can achieve. And, and so, I mean, so if you expect, you know, to, um, you know, I, I put on a couple weight, a couple pounds, uh, Dr. Bergwald, in the past uh, couple of years, and I really noticed that this December and it's time to take it off. Um, now, but I shouldn't think, okay, I'm going to lose, you know, 30 pounds in a month or something like that, right? Right. Right. And so, but it's good to have a specific weight or idea in mind and, like, a specific plan of how to do it. And all those things to test in prayer and think about in prayer, but at the same time at least to try and um, have a more clear idea of these things. Okay. So could you, do you think we could go through the acronym just to touch, elaborate briefly on them, or? Yeah. Great. Um, so uh, specific, you want a uh, specific goal, you know, of losing 20 pounds, right? Okay. Um, measurable. Well, it's, I mean, pounds is measurable, right? So, I mean, and the measurable allows you, specific allows you to give a clear aim, right? Uh, there's a little phrase in the Christian life, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Right. And so a specific goal. Okay, I want a specific goal specified. I know what this is. I can be held accountable for it if it's specific, Right. And specificity also helps to be measurable, right? Um, you know, and you could say, well, being a good Christian is specific. Well, okay, how do I measure that? Right. You know, I'm a good Christian because I go to Mass every Sunday and I go to confession once a month. Okay. You know, it's measurable. And with measurable, you can know whether or not you're attaining it. Okay. So that, so that's, that could be the resolution. That could be the goal. The res, in this context, resolution we're talking about. 
my my goal is going to be mass every Sunday and confession at least once every month. Right. I I can it's clear whether or not I have met that. It's measurable that way then. Yep. Okay. And then attainability, um, you know, uh, it's attainable and reasonableness are both kind of measurable measures of prudence. You know, practical wisdom. You know, if you're a uh, mother of six, you know, is it reasonable or is it attainable? First of all, um, for you to you know spend uh, uh, one hour of prayer and adoration at the parish that's thirty miles away each day, right? You know, um, same thing with reasonable in that regard, kind of a, a similar one in that way. And there might be some distinctions I'm missing there. If you can think of a distinction between attainable and reasonable, yeah, they do seem an, um, synonymous in this context. So I'm sure there's some distinction, but but I see the point of both of them. Yeah, and then also then time bound. Okay. So time bound, specific time. Okay, I'm going to spend uh, three months to try and lose weight. So for the next three months, I'm going to be whatever. I'm going to do whatever my plan is, and then that uh, gives me a clear window. It's like, okay, this is the start. This is the end. Okay, so, all right. The, the, you just said what I was going to ask you. So time bound means both beginning and an ending point. Then. Yeah. Okay. I think it's important to have that ending point in mind. Okay. So going back a little bit to those, so the last two that we're talking about, attainable and reasonable, you mentioned the importance of prudence in that context. So any any general advice you could give on, <laughs> well, how do I, <laughs> what, all right, how, how do I go about that? What does it mean to, um, to, to, to set a goal that's attainable and reasonable? How, how do I know if it's attainable? I mean, it's a goal. It's something I'm shooting for. I don't know if I'm going to, I want to get there, but I don't know if I'm going, I'm not there yet. So how do I know if it's attainable or reasonable? Right. So if, if it's a goal where, you know, you haven't been there before type of thing, it's like uh, one of my personal resolutions this year, and we may talk about this later if you wanted, but is to read a classic slash good novel once a month. Okay. You know, I don't know. I mean, it seems reasonable and attainable, but it might not be. Okay. You know, I mean, I got Brothers Karamazov staring me in the face. And, <laughs> Once you know. a month? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, things like that. <laughs> Better not use February for that one. Yeah. You followed up by War and Peace by, by uh, Tolstoy, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I actually, I'm thinking about doing uh, uh, Death Comes from the Archbishop for February. Okay. Be a little more attainable. But um, by Willa Cather, Catholic author. Good book. And, um, yeah, so, um, but at the same time, with prudence, if you're willing to learn prudence and wisdom, you have to be willing to make a mistake. Right. You have to be willing to fail, to not succeed in your effort. So, how, (laughs) so any advice on, so be willing to fail, but, but that's different than, Oh, this is just too hard. I'm going to give up. I mean, you know, the, 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 a goal, the one reason that many of us, if not the vast majority of us or all of us, we set a goal is because we want to use it to motivate ourselves. Mm-hmm. But you're also telling me, so how do you reconcile that with needing to be prepared to fail? Well, yeah, I think, well, it depends on your personality, I think. Okay, yep. Because you know, some people might have a personality where they're more willing to uh, to jump in. Uh, to a difficult situation. Some people might be more hesitant. You might want to try and plan it all out before you start. You know, and this would be one thing that, you know, you, you can reasonably plan it, but at the same time, you if if your planning keeps you from ever attempting, well, then something's wrong. Right. So maybe, maybe um, 
be prepared to fail, but then be flexible. So it's not a don't, don't abandon the resolution or the goal, but um, tweak it, modify it based on your. If if you put forth reasonable effort in trying to attain it, um, and and you weren't able to fulfill it, um, in, so maybe in your case, one novel a month is, is was was isn't attainable. Don't don't abandon the resolution. Just maybe give yourself six weeks or eight instead. Right. Is that what you mean, basically? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely yeah. willing to modify. And also willing to then, you know, if, if it's a good thing, something I want to do year to year or something like that, well, then you could change it up a little bit next year. Right. And to me, that's where the value, you know, we've talked about this before as well, the value of a spiritual director is is, is so important. Uh, somebody who knows you, um, knows your strengths, your weaknesses, your tendencies, good and bad, uh, and, and is able to give some guidance in setting these resolutions um, in, in the context of, of, of prayerfully discerning what, 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 what is attainable, what is reasonable. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, even if it takes five years to get over the taste in your mouth of failing at the you know, resolutions you want to try. <laughs> Yeah, and but again, because I think speaking for myself, um, if you have maybe a bit of, for instance, a a perfectionist streak, um, the my temptation oftentimes is if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all, and that's 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 not a good approach, generally speaking. Right, right. Well, that's yeah, it's 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 not yeah, not good at all. So being, being willing to modify, stick with it, but modify it, perhaps to make it more reasonable and more attainable, as the acronym says. Yes, exactly, without a doubt. Okay, so um, so, so that's some idea in terms of setting a goal, setting a SMART goal. Um, uh, any other general adv- advice for, for discerning and setting New Year's resolutions? Or do you just want to get straight into some examples? Um, no, I, I do have that fun little point I want to talk about. That might be after, for examples. I don't know where you're, where you're going. Uh, you me either, so go ahead. Oh, well, uh, well, just kind of about why we do resolutions in general. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, well, I think it's a neat little thing. I mean, it might be a, a good little apologetics point with resolutions. So, dear listeners... Um, you know, uh, maybe not always, we don't always think this way, but uh, the whole idea and the whole culture of resolutions in some ways speaks to the natural law. It speaks to the natural law. Now, the natural law is the idea that there is um, an objective, substantial reality in this world. It kind of speaks against uh, relativism, right, and that great scourge of uh, vague thought which afflicts us in our day and age, right, of relativism. And so... Um, the idea of um, the idea of New Year's resolutions. Hey, does anyone ever resolve to lie more? Right, does anyone ever resolve to be uh, less trustworthy? You know, does anyone ever resolve to um, uh, become less healthy? You know, no. I mean, so we know there's, in some sense, that way it speaks to or refers to or points towards this idea that there is a knowable and a, a solid, something you can get your hands around, uh, law or vision of this world in reality, which uh, uh, which is kind of a Catholic and a right point of view in that way. Does that make some sense? It does, but what what about, I, 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 I can think of, um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, people who've set goals that are objectively evil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly. I think you can use your power to decide for bad reasons. Okay. So how does that fit? Uh, and not necessarily this year I'm going to, but 
I'm going to set out to do X, Y, and Z or whatever. And, 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 uh, X, Y, and Z are, are not whole, holy things. So how, how do we square that then with the reality that you were just talking about? Well, I, I think it squares in the sense that, um, I think that, well, for one thing, I think it's more the abnormal okay. thing in that way. Okay. Um, so I, I I guess I've never really encountered anyone who had a New Year's resolution that was morally evil. I guess what I'm thinking of is the, I mean, and I think this fits in the context where you minister, um, not myself, but, you know, I, I know of people of sort of, okay, frankly, guys who have set an intention, I'm going to bed this many women. Oh. That's sort of, you know, that's, that's you know, that's uh, Unfortunately, in our day and age, uh, not a rare thing to hear of among no, young adults. But, but, uh, but I think that also speaks then to the Church's teaching that consciences can be malformed. Right, okay. But I think the very idea is, though, still of a resolution in that sense of, like, okay, there needs to be a change in yeah. that sense, so yeah. a development or a growth. Okay. So even there, I think, even though it's maybe much worse in that regard, I think there still is a, a beautiful and a good—or not a beautiful, but there still is that real— um, sense to things. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Though. So the recognition that uh, because if you yeah, the, the the fact of setting a resolution uh, seems to be a, at least a hint at the reality of an objective reality. Right. Okay. All right. Anything else to that apologetics point? No, that was that was just it. I just thought it was, I was talking with a student. I just thought it was a neat little way of looking at. It. I was like, you know, I never really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, Father, any any specific, and you, you mentioned one before, or, or alluded to one, rather, um, any specific resolutions that you want to share that you think would be interesting or informative for people to know about? Certainly. Well, you know, I think um, the one, of course, is um, that uh, I uh, want to read uh, a different book uh, each month, a classic novel. I've got four in hand. Um, already and uh, looking for some other ones. Um, but uh, right now I'm reading uh, an awful by Evelyn Waugh, um, a good uh, Catholic novelist. Have you ever heard of Evelyn Waugh? I have. I've never read anything by him, him, but I have heard of him. Probably the most famous one, of course, would be um, the... Uh, um, Brideshead Revisited. Right. right. And then, uh, very beautiful as well, but less famous, would be his uh, biography of St. Edmund Campion. Right. One of the Jesuit martyrs. Is that and is that the title or does he? Is there another title? Remind. I know that the. It's it, just called Campion. Okay. Okay. And so, pardon me. And then, um, what else would be there? Uh, I also have the next book on my list uh, is going to be uh, Death Comes for the Archbishop by Willa Cather, and then um, probably uh, uh, either. Uh, uh, Les Mis by Victor Hugo, uh, the actual book. Another short one. Yes. And then the Brothers Karamazov, also in there. Those might be summer readings. I only need to have shorter ones for March and April. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what's in March and April that affects a Catholic priest? Well, uh, Lent and Easter. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. And then for a Newman Center chaplain as well, a spring break mission trip. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's one thing. Then the other thing uh, is uh, weight loss. Yep. And so just uh, need to battle the bulge. You know, yep. gain 20 pounds while I've been here, and it's probably time to get rid of them. There you go. 
And so you've done it before, though, if I recall. I have. Thank you very much. Yes. Yep. Uh, praise the Lord. Yep. And uh, but we'll see. You know, they say it gets harder when you get older. <laughs> That's what I hear. I, I I wouldn't know though. Yeah. So anyway, so let me ask you this. This is. Um, I didn't make any New Year's resolutions, but one thing we did in our family, I invited uh, the, my wife and kids to do. It occurred to me on Sunday, which was um, the Solemnity of the Epiphany. Um, on Epiphany, I, I asked, particularly the kids too, but, but my wife and I participated as well, um, asked them to think, what, what gift are you going to give Jesus this year? Hmm. Um, and and, I, and I, for me, I framed it as, um, you know, I'm going to tr- try to be more, more patient with, with you guys, with, with my kids. Uh, but, but in light of, and I still... Thank th- God. Yeah. <laughs> they are, or they will if I succeed. Yeah. But in the context, particularly of the whole idea of smart goals, well, and <laughs> can you give me some advice on how do you make something like that, a desire to grow in a specific virtue like that, especially so patience, you know, really in, in this context, it's, you know, my, my kids do something that just, oh, my blood boils or, or not necessarily that, that extensive, but, but just frustrates me. And, and, and so for me, the, the patience is a matter of in that, in that moment of, of not lashing out, um, in frustration, any advice on how to make that a smart goal? Well, I think the question would be, what do you need to do to actually build patience? Patience now, I mean, it's tested in those moments, but where is it built? Okay. that's I don't know. Where is it built? Uh, I don't know if I have a clear answer off the top of my head. But, um, <laughs> I think that would be a way to look at it. So when you look at any of the virtues, okay, because Dr. Bergwald here, dear listener, is talking about a virtue. So it's a, a, a virtue is a habitual yeah. uh, disposition in the soul to do a good thing. Right? And uh, patience, long-suffering um, uh, to... Um, 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 to, to put up with things that maybe frustrate him or things like that. But I think another thing maybe related to patience, of course, is humility. Okay. Um, you know, and so to seek, uh, uh, what, what is a substantial way to seek after humility and gratitude, I think is a good thing. You know, gratitude, learning that things don't always depend on us, and so maybe making more concrete uh, prayers of gratitude in your daily life. Yeah, that's definitely, that's, a, that's great advice. I think I'm always, it's always, yeah, being grateful, um, to God specifically um, has so much fruit in the spiritual life. Yeah, very much. I mean, it, it, it orders you rightly. God is God. I am not. He's in charge. I receive from him. He's the uh, the giver and the gift, and I'm the receiver. And hmm. so. you know, I think I'm, uh, that's going to be, uh, there's some good fruit for prayerful discernment there and how I can make... Um, my my gift, so to speak, for the year of growing patience, particularly with my kids, um, more tangible and a smarter goal that way. So anyway, yeah. Well, and I think uh, well, yeah. And maybe the, the other question would be: is um, what are those things that you most struggle with patience with with your children? Right. Another way to make it more specific, I suppose, or measurable. Yeah. yeah. You know, is it when they do this or that or the other thing, or is it when I've had this sort of day? And right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, well, as long as I asked the readers, but I didn't ask you. Do you have any book recommendations? Um, you know, I let's see here. Uh, Go ahead. You're going to say something? No. Okay. Um, I read. You know, I, I've 
with Dostoevsky, I've read a couple of his others, uh, The Possessed and The Prince, I think. Now, I don't know if you... And they're shorter. They're not as long as Brothers Karamazov. Um, Why did you tell me that sooner? <laughs> did you buy Brothers Karamazov? Yes. Oh. Well, I'd still tackle it, but I, I think some of his other his other ones are also... I, I, I enjoyed... I, I found them... I, I, I got the most out of Brothers Karamazov. Okay. Um, so I don't think it was a, a poor choice that way. It's just so darn long. Um, you know, you've probably heard of this referred to as a classic, and it, I think rightly so. Um, Huckleberry Finn, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, which is a shorter one. But, and uh, I was considering Mark Twain. Uh, did he convert to Catholicism? No, life? I don't think he ever did. Even though he wrote probably the no- book you're about to refer to, uh, the autobiography, the biography of Joan of Arc. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, he never became Catholic, but he he wrote this this which I haven't read it, but but I hear it's a fantastic biography of of the great French saint. So there you go. Um, no, I have to think, Father. I, nothing. Nothing. I mentioned in jest um, War and Peace, but that, that's also a lengthy one, but uh, I think worth it. And really the, the conclusion is, um, is a long sort of frankly philosophical discourse, which might be interesting discussion for some, for perhaps a future episode of Ignition, but um, I don't know if you want to tackle that this year. That would be an interesting thing altogether. Yeah. Anyway, if I think of anything, I will let you know, but nothing else is coming immediately. Oh, George Eliot. Uh, George Eliot's book, Silas Marner. Silas Marner. That's a short one. Um, uh, a great Irish Dominican who I knew in Rome had recommended that to me. So uh, There we go. There we go. Any other thoughts, Father, on the idea of and the practice of New Year's resolutions that you think or... Not that I can think of. Okay. We've, I think we've done a pretty good job. I, I would like to think so as well. <laughs> so, so um, again, if you have any questions about anything we've discussed, uh, shoot me an email, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. Otherwise, um, we will be back next week with another episode of Ignition. Thanks, Father. Thank you. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ignition. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future topics, you can email me at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. That's C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Again, thanks for listening.